Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Cody Davidson, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. They say you never forget how to ride a bike. Once you've learned how to ride, the skills and abilities needed to ride, well, you've got them. Even if you haven't gotten on a bike in years, you don't need to fish out the training wheels and attach them to your bike just because it sat unused in the shed for two years. The tires, they might need reinflating, and your lungs and legs most certainly are going to struggle if you have to ride for any length of time if it's been a while, but you've got the skills you need. What you probably can't explain is the specifics of those skills. You need balance and coordination, but at this point, they're all sort of intuitive. You don't think about adjusting your weight, how you maintain balance as you pedal, etc. You just do it. While you may remember learning to ride a bike, it's hard to remember what that process was actually like, how you developed and learned the coordination to pedal, turn, balance, all without falling over. Reflecting on the process is helpful as we instruct the next generation of bike riders, but it really isn't all that imperative as that we remember it in any great detail for us to ride a bike. But there are things that we really do need to remember, because without that memory, we really are going to have problems, even as the next generation following us will. Throughout Deuteronomy, Moses exhorts the Israelites to remember their time in Egypt, their time in the wilderness, how God has brought them to where they are. We can see this even in today's readings. Look at verses 9, 18, and 22 of chapter 24, or chapter 25, verses 17 through 19. But as we come to chapter 26, we come to a transition in the entire book of Deuteronomy. We begin to move from the commands, the implications, and outworking of the law for the Israelites once they've settled into the land, to the importance of following these commands, the blessings of obedience, and the curses of disobedience. Here, in chapter 26, Moses exhorts the people to remember their Lord in the land. Chapter 26, verses 1 through 11, deals with the first offering of first fruits, the first celebration of the harvest of the Feast of Weeks in the Promised Land. The Israelites are called to recite their history as they offer the first fruit that they reap from the Promised Land to God. They are to remind themselves that, in the midst of this good and plentiful land, the land flowing with milk and honey, that God has done all this. They, they're just sons of a wandering Aramean whom God has turned into a mighty, populous nation. God is concerned that the people not forget from whence they came and by whose hand they have all this blessing. Verses 12 through 15 has a similar focus. In the third year, when they bring the triennial tithe, all that they are giving to God and the bounty that they give it from, it's all from God's hand and a reminder that all of this comes from obedience to God. In fact, the very nature of this land flowing with milk and honey is entirely dependent upon God to provide the bounty, to send the rain that waters and nourishes the ground that produces these crops and feeds the people. Verses 16 through 19 mark the covenant, the people of Israel committing to obey these statutes and laws, while the Lord declares that they are his treasured possession, a people holy to the Lord. Here's an invitation for us throughout chapter 26, as we look at the things and blessings that we have from God, for us to respond to him in worship. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise the one who gives every good and perfect gift. The jobs that we have, the skills we use to accomplish him, the relationships we have, 
Each and every good thing in our lives is from God. Respond in gratitude to God, remembering that all these things are truly from him. Because we, we face the same issue as the Israelites, forgetfulness. We forget that all this is from God. We forget in the midst of our prosperity that all this is contingent upon God. We live and move and have our being in him. Apart from him, we have nothing. When we are prospering, we are in danger of forgetting God. Let us not wait until the disaster strikes, when the bounty is taken away from us, to realize that all we really have is Christ. Spend some time today in prayer. Give God thanks for all that he has given you. And remember your own journey of faith, how you went from wandering in the wilderness, separated from God and dead in your sins, to being made alive in Christ. Thanks be to God who has made us alive in Christ. When we remember that all that we have is a gift from God, it enables us to be generous in our care and concern for others. We see a fascinating picture of this generosity towards the poor in chapter 24, verses 19 through 22. Whether it is the harvesting of grain, olives, or grapes, the Israelites are commanded not to reap every last bit, but to instead leave some behind for the poor, the fatherless, the widows. Rather than efficiently ensuring that every inch of their field is picked clean, they leave the gleanings for the less fortunate to gather themselves. How do we do with our own checkbooks, with our own income? Do we pinch every penny, ensure that we've used every last dollar for our own purposes? Or are we willing to be generous? Do we leave aside a portion of our income in order to be generous to those less fortunate? Remember, all that we have is from God. Every single penny. This may not be a definitive command for us to leave behind grapes, grain, olives for the less fortunate to grab as they follow behind. But if we remember how much God has given to us, how every single thing we have has come from him, how can we not be generous to the less fortunate among us, the poor and misfortunate brothers and sisters around us? God has blessed us beyond measure. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In the same way, let us bless those around us through our generosity. In our reading today from Luke 15, we encounter a trio of parables, including perhaps one of the most famous parables, the prodigal son. The three lost things, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And we should, rightly, see ourselves in the position of each of those things that were lost, the lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, and remember that Christ has found us. Christ has redeemed us, saved us, and the Father has welcomed us home. We all rejoice as the Father welcomes home the lost son, the son who was dead but is now alive, the foolish son who had squandered all that he had in sinful living. The Father welcomes him home. Verses 7 and verse 10, they remind us that all of heaven rejoices when just one sinner repents. When we repented of our sin and placed our faith in Christ, heaven threw a party, and it does so for each and every soul who turns to God. But there is something missing in the story of the lost son, the prodigal son. 
something important to each of the two previous parables, and its absence is something I want to draw our attention to. Jesus tells these parables to Pharisees and teachers of the law who are grumbling that Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus has said that it is precisely his mission to call sinners to repentance, to seek and to save the lost. And in the first two parables, he tells, when something is lost, whether a sheep or a coin, someone goes and searches for it. Neither the shepherd nor the woman rests until that which is lost is found, and then they celebrate. Now we turn to the parable of the lost son, and no one goes looking for him. There is someone who conspicuously does not go looking for him, in fact. Someone who is not elated when the lost son is found. The older brother, rather than rejoicing with the father that the lost son has been found, he stews outside angry that this sinner gets to enjoy a feast with the father. It is the older brother in this parable who ought to have gone out and searched for the lost son, his lost brother, but he doesn't. And when the lost son is found, he gets mad. We rightly see the Pharisees in this character, the ones who are angry that sinners are repenting and following Christ, not recognizing that their own sinfulness and their own need for repentance. Christ is telling them these parables because of this. But here is where we need to remember from whence we have come, to remember that, yes, we were once like that younger son living in rebellion and sin against God before repenting and being saved. We certainly don't celebrate our old sinful lives, but those old sinful ways and the lavish grace which God has shown to us ought to give us the humility to seek those who still walk in those old sinful ways in which we once walked. And so we should be living with the father now, obedient in his household. But also, are we seeking after our own lost brothers and sisters? Do we look at a world that is squandering their blessings in wanton sinful living and get angry and frustrated? Or do we, with compassionate hearts, Seek to save the lost. Seek to bring these lost children back to the Father. This is the heart of our Father, and this is the mission we have been given by God. As we look to our neighbors, our friends and family members, our co-workers and classmates who do not know Christ, let us not let them be like the prodigal son, living in wanton sinfulness with no older brother, with no one pursuing them, seeking to find them. Instead, let us not rest until we see them found in the darkness and brought into the light and safety of Christ. We were once slaves to sin like them. Let us seek them and set them free and welcomed into the promised land. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Ben Blakey will be back tomorrow. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.